Hello and welcome to another market commentary from StashAway. With us today, our Chief Investment Officer, Freddie Lim, and our Co-Chief Investment Officer, Stephanie. How are you both? Hey, Philippa. How are you doing? Hey, Stephanie. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see everyone. Yeah, good to see all of you. Uh, again, the group is back together. It's been a while, so uh, happy to see both of your faces in our, in our, in our market commentary again. So um, lots to discuss, obviously. Um, we uh, want to go right into it because we actually have quite a few topics. So we want to make sure that we cover them all. And um, let's start with, uh, you know, the big, um, you know, the, the cat in the back that's out of the back, I guess. But uh, the topic of inflation, we tackle it now so many times. But every two weeks when we get together, you know, there's a new record being set. So, uh, again, U.S. inflation data in May still driven up um, uh, again. We're still near 40 years, 40 year highs. What's your bo both of your takes on this? Um, where are we going from here? What's the impact you're seeing already? Um, yeah. Stephanie? Yeah, I guess I, uh, we've, we've seen a, another very, very high print uh, for the uh, for the latest April CPI number. And uh, that was actually a, the surprise on the upside as well versus uh, kind of analyst expectations. And if you take, kind of dig a bit deeper, so uh, there's four components to the headline CPI. Number one is energy. Number two is food. So these two are more volatile components, which, I mean, the Fed typically kind of disregards when they set their policy directions. On that front, actually, there has been some improvements. Uh, so if you look at energy, it's actually already uh, contributing negatively to the headline inflation number due to very, very high base last year. And it seems like uh, given kind of uh, the, 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 the stability of the recent uh, oil prices, I mean, that number will continue to trend down. However, the Fed is more concerned about what we call the core inflation. So core inflation also makes up of um, two components. Uh, one is goods inflation. So these are inflation for uh, like things that we buy, for example, like your, your uh, mobile phones or like furniture, etc. Uh, and these have actually uh, also come off a little bit. What's uh, more concerning, however, is that the service uh, component of the CPI, which uh, have 30% uh, weight in rent, I mean, that has kind of continued to climb, and that is what the Fed is mostly concerned about. Uh, if you look at uh, rent CPI, for example, in the U United States, uh, right now it is uh, trending at around 45%, and it's, uh, there's no signs of that slowing down. Uh, that relates to, I guess, why the Fed has been hiking interest rates very aggressively. So, for example, when, you, when they hike uh, the short-term interest rates, uh, that gets fed through to the mortgage rates as well. And that is very, very important uh, for setting home prices uh, and also rent prices. So uh, the five, uh, the the thirty-year uh, mortgage rate right now sits above five percent. I mean that was up from around three percent at the beginning of the year, and that represents a very, very significant uh, increase in the interest payments of uh, home buyers. So the Fed, uh, what the Fed is trying to do is to actually slow down the, the housing market in the U.S. and by that, uh, by, and, and, and slow down kind of uh, the rent inflation and service inflation. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, how much it takes. But uh, the Fed, uh, in the latest communications, has said that uh, they will be very, very determined to keep uh, price uh, prices stable. Uh, so, like this, actually, like, the interest rate is one very, very important conduit for them to do that, and uh, they they also try to get uh, unemployment rate up. Uh, so their view is that because of all the supply chain constraints, uh, right now the world is facing inflation, so they want to kind of uh, put 
down, like kind of dampen demand such that they have they allow time for uh, the supply chain issue to be uh, to be resolved, uh, thus uh, bringing things into balance. So we're going to see quite like still quite aggressive kind of uh, Fed policy on tightening uh, at least over the next few months. Yeah. And with with that being said, you know we, we we've been seeing this already. The the stock market still keeps to be pretty volatile. I think we you know we ended last week with you know some good days like back to back good days. Just to wake up this week, um, you know today uh, we're recording this on uh, on the on the nineteenth um, in the morning in Asia time. But uh, obviously it had one of the worst days in in I don't know how many years uh, yesterday in in the U.S. Um, so. Yeah, so bonds were taking a st hit at the start of the year, and so people were a little bit worried: is this not working anymore? Having bonds in my portfolio, right? Uh, because they're going down just as much as you know um, stocks are going down. But it seems to be leveling off now. Um, where do you see this going? What 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 are the what does that give you as an insight going forward? Um, if I may chime in, um, the fortunate thing about the Fed is um, they committed to fifty probably at each meeting, but they could have done more, right? There were talks about 75, but uh, officially uh, Jerome uh, Powell ruled that out. So, and get criticisms from some people as well, where they say, well, you're not really fighting inflation enough. So there, there are people in that camps, but in my opinion, going too far also risk breaking the economy, right? At a very, very uh, uh, complex times like ours, right? With, with Russia-Ukraine invasion, disruption of supply chain also coming from China lockdowns, and there's so many things happening in the world. I, we, I personally felt that the Fed has been quite pragmatic. They, they are clearly behind the curve, but they are also aware they can't break the neck of the economy right now. So the 50 was uh, well telecast. Hence, you're starting to see the bond markets getting close to this full pricing, getting close to a stability, right? And that's when, uh, when so hopefully soon, if some elements of the CPI start softening, you see a very sensitive bond market in a positive manner. Right now, we are not there. It's too early to call a turn, but the stability has been very, very noticeable, as you have mentioned. I guess the, the market has been very, very squarely focused on inflation for the last uh, six months or so. And given the Fed's rhetoric, uh, I think there's also some concern about uh, slowing down of the U.S. economy. So in that kind of uh, regime or in that scenario, uh, bonds uh, should, uh, should be able to provide uh, some diversification benefits again. Because in the, six month, in the past six months, we haven't seen that, right? Bonds actually went down with equities. Uh, but in a kind of slower, slower kind of economic growth scenario, then bonds become the go-to safe haven asset again. Yeah. No, great. And then um, I want to move on from 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 that because I think now let's talk a little bit about our portfolios because we we you know we get kind of a lot of people asking you know what should be my approach investing into thematic portfolios you know some thematic portfolios because um, have you know taken a bigger hit than maybe the market have so how, how should people you know when they think about adding a thematic portfolio on top of their uh, core how, how should they think about doing that and what what kind of like what are you telling I, these people in terms of risk taking and things like that i think um when we launched um those uh, thematic portfolios there, they're, they're one of the very first things we talk about is go back to your financial plans. We're giving you access to a particular sector 
or area that is more concentrated. If you're worried there's a bunch of risk level you can find, but they are the same, not, not the same, they are still relatively concentrated versus the the, the global portfolio, the flagship. So it's part of a financial plan. You may say, I want to have 3% in something or 5% in something. Um, that's completely fine, but not 100%. So I think we need to go back to that, number one. And two, if you if you very you have high conviction in the team, that shouldn't worry you as long as you have the right allocation from your plan. I have 5%, this is what I'm sticking to over the long term. That's fine. Even if it dropped by a third or even more, this is a small part of the overall. It's unlike the flagship. Um, so I think that's the first thing. Second is uh, maybe review the risk level. If you think the bond markets, like Stephanie said, is uh, sort of stabilizing and any bad news, henceforth, maybe protective assets will actually function again. So this is a time to also revisit, should I adjust risk level from a very, very high risk to something more balanced to benefit from that? So that is an opinion that you really need to have a think. But as long as in the first place, your allocation is a well-designed one as part of the overall plan, that shouldn't concern you. Uh, the, what I said uh, the, about the bond side is an adjustment to it, the risk level. Right. I'll stop. No, exactly. I agree. You know, we always we we've talked about this so many times. We do it in our seminars all the time as well. If your plan hasn't changed, right, keep steady the boat, right. And I think also tune out all the noise. There's so much noise right now. Every day there's more noise. And then you know, if you look at it like you zoom out a little bit, and everything is like it's okay. We get through this. We've been this. We've been here before, right. So I think you know, just you know, taking a step back in times like this is also good. You know, don't you know, uh, if your plan hasn't changed, it's right? very very hard to trade. If you look at the market on a daily basis, I and mean, one day the S&P goes up like 3%, the other day it goes down 4%, you won't be able to sleep. So just have the right plan, no. have the right SRI. And uh, and and I think kind of longer term, uh, like kind of are these like sectors that you're very excited about or are these themes that, you, that you're very excited about, have the right risk. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you always, if you have any, ever any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to our CX team. They're really good. Uh, you know, they try to answer all your questions. Uh, you can always send them also questions to ask all of us. So we'll be back obviously in, in, in a couple of weeks. And so we'll collect those questions and, and get them answered uh, on, on the air here. With that being said, uh, we do have one uh, quick shout out for a, um, a webinar coming up on um, Wednesday, the 25th of May. It's next week at 6 p.m. local time, Malaysia. Uh, it's called How to Plan for Your Retirement. So if you're looking uh, to get some insights on how you should plan for it, you know, what kind of the tools you can use and uh, programs you can um, make your retirement plan up for, is uh, Wednesday 25th, 6 p.m. local time. As always, the sign-up is in the show notes below. Um, thank you both, Stephanie. Thank you, Freddie. It was good to have you both together this week and uh, uh, looking forward to, to shedding with everyone again soon. Have a great week. <laughs>